You're listening to The Above the Mug Show, a podcast that highlights people whose passions drive their life. My name is Lucas Spinoza, and I own a coffee shop. Every day I meet dozens of interesting people, and today I sit down with one of them to inspire you to live your life passion forward. What is going on, everybody? It's your friend Lucas Spinoza coming at you from my office inside of the Black Sheep Lounge, and you are listening to Above the Mug, a podcast that highlights positive people using their passions to drive their life forward. Today, I'm joined by two very special guests. This is the first time for multiple things. One, this is a drop-in, and two, the first time having two guests at the same time. So this is a really exciting thing. Today, we have Annika and Spencer Cheen. Cheen, that's yes. right, that's, that's right. Cheen of Leaving Thomas, uh, amazing band. They just got back from playing a show in Mississauga last night for 15,000 people. So if anyone knows the size of the city we're recording, it's 50,000. So anyone who's <laughs> decent at math, that's a little more than three times and a little less than four times our population was at a show, which is wild. Yeah, it, it was, was pretty fun. It was a lot of fun. Amazing. So how are you guys doing? We are doing really well. Like you said, we did a show yesterday, and then we have just taken the day to enjoy Chippewa and Welland. and Have some of the best coffee I've ever had. Yeah. We are just chilling today, and it's so nice. One of the best parts about traveling around and performing is oftentimes you don't get a chance to experience the city like a local would. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So luckily, um, Waylon, who is in our band... uh, has taken us to some of the hot spots. And like Sweet. you mentioned earlier, we're going to Sal's after this. For pizza, which is unbelievable pizza. I'm very excited to hear yeah. and tra- taste this pizza that I've been hearing so much about. No, I'm, I'm stoked that you guys are here because for us, when we have guests on, you guys, we just met today, literally yep. maybe 30, 45 minutes ago. Yeah. We have guests on, and the whole point of this podcast is to, to show people that are listening or watching how you can use what you love to be successful in your own life. And I think um, one of the fields that I think people feel are unachievable is the arts. Yeah. And you guys are musicians. And killing it. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to, yeah. No, and you're, you're killing it. And I think that's amazing. And then also, for people that don't know, you are a couple. Yes, yes. we are. Which is amazing. Are and you married? we haven't killed each other. We well, are obviously, married. Obviously, same last name, Derp. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, we've been married for uh, just over a year. Yeah. Just over and a year. And we so met with music. Yeah. And met with music. Yes. Yeah. 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 This is so So what's cool. funny is Spencer was actually my producer when I was doing solo stuff. And we knew each other for five years. Yeah. And then... Um, Uh, Basically, we started hanging out and within, you know, hanging out and dating, we got engaged and married within the year. It was like, we just knew it. And now we get to, like, it's so fun working with your spouse. Mm, Yeah. And what's good is I think it would be hard to be with another vocalist or artist, but him being a producer and a drummer, we get to do a lot of things together, but we're not competing with each other. And we kind of um, enhance each other's, you know, skill skill set. set. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. And so I'm learning with everybody, which is really exciting that I get to know you guys as we're doing this. So I guess for me, I've listened to your music. Okay. It's amazing. Obviously, Waylon showed me a bunch of the stuff that you guys do, and I'm really, I'm so stoked that you're even here, let alone the <laughs> fact that I'm able to, to sit down with you, which is great. Yeah. But for people that haven't heard it, how, how would you explain Leaving Thomas? What kind of band are you? Uh, what type of music do you put out? It's kind of like, uh, you know, pop country is a pretty loose term these days, but it's it's um i would say on the popier side of country music but it's more country songwriting style where lots of you know great stories great lyrics mm-hmm. yeah i think what i've learned through this last album cycle is how much production can actually change what it what it sounds like i love writing with country writers because i think 
in my experience, they're the best lyricists. They mm-hmm. tell great stories. Um, and you don't have to be a whiz on an instrument to be able to write like a great country song. Mm-hmm. But I'm not really a country singer. Um, Brighton, who's the other vocalist uh, in the band, he came from the country world. I came from listening to like Motown. Stevie Wonder kind of was my favorite. I love mm-hmm. Whitney Houston and I love 80s music. And so we've kind of tried to combine the two. But what's amazing um, for any artists listening out there that are interested in pursuing something is country music is actually still a, quite a lucrative industry. People mm-hmm. pay to buy country music. Country music still is on the radio mm-hmm. uh, where as a writer you can ha- see income. And like they have major festivals across the country. So it was also just like a strategic choice of recognizing where is their actual uh, opportunity to make money in yeah. in the arts. Um, so, but we didn't want to sell out and just try to sound like everything else on the radio. So luckily we've been fortunate enough that radio will play our stuff, even though it's definitely stretching the boundaries of what is country, country music is, is. Yeah. But my favorite thing is when people come up to us and say I hate country music but I love you guys like that's basically because right. we've somehow been able to to mend those two worlds together yeah Amazing. and I feel I feel like um like you were saying you can really change the sound of the music with the production and so if you start with a great song and like she was saying, a lot of country songs are amazing songs, just in their pure, raw form. If you played it on an acoustic guitar or the piano and a vocal, it's a great song. So you can kind of shape the way that that production is by the instruments you use or the production techniques. And so you kind of get the best of country, but the best of pop. That's together. I think the best way possible to describe music, obviously you guys are the insiders on this. Yes. I'm on the outside of this, but I've, I'm someone who's like a new country listener. So my girlfriend, Katie, that you yep. guys met out there, um, when we first met a little over, I guess it would be about three years ago or so now, um, she listened to, ev- well, she listens to everything, yeah, but predominantly country. And okay. so, you know, I got kind of sucked into that world a little bit and it was reluctant in the beginning yeah. because of the misconceptions I think most people have about country music. It's not what it, you think it is. Yeah. Yes. It's because, not like it was in the 90s. Yeah, f- yeah. Ex- exactly. So yes. 90s country is what people think of country. Prior to that is actually kind of what it sounds like now again. Yeah. It's yes, almost like it's a renaissance yes, of, completely. Of, of, yeah, of that awesome, even like if you think about Johnny Cash, yeah. Yeah. that's technically country. Yes. Like yeah. that's that's like when you think of metal music, Black Sabbath is, right. is the Johnny Cash of metal. Yes. Yeah. Right? Totally. I hope I'm the first person to ever say, ever say that because that's so funny. <laughs> but quote. but yeah. it, it's it's true, right? Where people think about metal music these days, it's way heavier, you know, and way darker. And then you had kind of that period, early 2000s, late 90s, that kind of strayed yes. in parentheses for people who aren't watching this. I'm <laughs> doing the air quotes like Dr. Evil. Right. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I think it's really cool what you guys are doing with it because country's so feel good now. Yeah. And it's not, oh, I lost my dog. Yes. No, no. It's... And everything else in my life. Yeah. <laughs> no. And and also what I like about country is the every time we write a song, it actually means something. We're writing about something mm-hmm. real and it doesn't have to be twangy. It doesn't have to be like exactly what you're describing. I think people are very hesitant also because there's a cultural, there's a culture with country music, but also I love meeting people that I'm always surprised listen to country Mm -hmm. music because they don't look like the stereotypical country music listener. And even when we're at, like yesterday we opened for Mariana's Trench. Amazing. First time we've ever done a non-country festival Mm -hmm. and the response was amazing because I think we can play in both worlds and I still feel strange 
saying I'm a country artist. It still doesn't yeah. quite feel like me. Um, whereas some people, that's like they live and breathe country music. Whereas I think I've that's a great point. There's other other influences, and in that even if I describe the music as country music, it doesn't feel right yeah. saying that. And and to to go on that, and also what you said just a few minutes ago about that feeling of selling out. I think there's a big uh, perception in in the artist community that doing something that makes money that isn't truly you is considered selling out. And I don't think that's true no. personally. I play music. I'm definitely not a professional musician, but I, I enjoy writing songs and, and the occasional session show. I'll play drums for somebody. Uh, and I love doing that. But I, I feel like a lot of my friends in music, they'll see me go play a Christian metal band. Right. Uh, and they'll be like, dude, you're not a Christian. Why are you playing in a Christian metal band? I'm like, because right. I love music. Yeah, yeah. You for know, it's, sure. It's not selling out. Like, I got to travel the States and meet a bunch of cool people and sell some merch. And, like, there, I, in my mind, I don't consider that selling out. Mm-hmm. I think if you don't become successful in music because you weren't taking opportunities because you're too, again, air quotes, proud. Yes, yeah. Then that's on you. Yeah, I mean, sure. it really depends on what you want to do with your life. But if you want to be a professional musician, it's no different than if you want to be uh, a bodybuilder. You know, no right. one really loves, I'm sure there's a few, but my brother, he's that he is, he's a bodybuilder and he doesn't every day love working out or doing certain exercises. Yeah, but if you want to gain muscle, you do certain workouts. Yes. Same idea with music, you know, like no one loves doing rudimentary scales yes. or for you, your paradiddles, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> boota, 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 boota. Yeah. No, no one loves that. Yeah. No one loves it. But at the same time, you want to be a pro, you got to mm-hmm. put in your 10,000 hours, right? Yeah. I think there's also a misconception that like with music, it's all about art. But with anything, there's always art in commerce. And a lot of times mm-hmm. you need the commerce side to work to create art. Mm-hmm. And if you don't ever put in that work to maybe, yeah, maybe do some stuff you don't like, or maybe you have to it's not selling out, but if you if you do some music to enable you to to get money or to you know you play these bigger festivals, you make some money that enables you to make a record where you can make art and can make the music you love. If you look at any major artist, their radio hit is almost not it's certainly not the exact sound of the rest of the record. Yep. Yes, just to add on that, I was going to say a perfect example is on our album. I love every song in the album. The ones that I love the most are never going to be the radio singles. But to say, I'm not going to release that as a radio single because that's selling out. It's like, no. The reason you release radio singles is you're thinking to yourself, what is going to do well at radio? Radio. So you have to keep in mind, what are radio programmers going to play? They're not going to play our super slow songs that are really heartfelt and about super meaningful things sometimes. But don't put put out a song that you hate. Mm -hmm. But certainly the singles have never been my favorite songs, but it's strategic. Like, you know, you have to also, I always say to people, it's one thing to create music, but if you actually want to get it in the hands of people, you have to understand what do people want and where is, where do we meet in the middle? Because otherwise you're going to be creating music and no one's going to hear it. And for me, the 90% of my joy comes from performing for other people. Yeah. So I think that's perfect. And to give a really relatable example, I thought of it as you were, um, just speaking there with my coffee shop, right? So when I first opened, I opened the place that I wanted to go to. 
Yes. And that's, it worked because people felt what I was passionate about, but it was short lived because mm-hmm. after the first couple months, people were like, this is a really cool place, but maybe this is once every three or four months I'm going to go. Right. Not your everyday shop, coffee shop. Right. And so, you know, we used to open at 4 PM and close at midnight and who the hell drinks coffee after oh, 4 PM, yeah. right? The majority of people that have that disposable income are adults and leading up to the senior population. The, the people that were in my demographic at the time definitely were not spending money. And yeah. that is like the antithesis of, of, of business. business. You need to have (laughs) income because we have staff, we have overhead, all these things. Right. And so, uh, the same thing comes down to now where we're at. So I'm a coffee lover. I don't love tea. (laughs) I enjoy tea once in a while, but just because it's not something I'm passionate about, doesn't mean I don't serve it because I love my business. And same thing in music. You love the music business, but there's songs you have to put out. I have to put out tea. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah, if you have to open, you don't necessarily want to open in the morning, but that's when people want to come drink coffee and that enables you to have a coffee shop. And so so if you love coffee and you want to, you know, there's certain things you have to do. Otherwise, you know, you can just have coffee as your hobby and that's fine too. But if you want to make a living at something and make a living at your passion, you also have to realize that there's going to be parts of it that you have to, um, bend or, or, um, do in order to fuel your passion and fuel your creativity. Also, maybe someone is coming in because they want tea and they bring a friend that drinks coffee. Like people definitely find our music and buy our album because they heard the radio song. Mm -hmm. The radio song is what hooked them in to get to what we believe is, you know, the best music that we have. So you can also, it's not like it's limited to that, that audience or that person is only ever going to like that one thing you can use. I call it like hooking people in, but it sounds very aggressive, but it's kind of like dating, you know, when you, when when you're dating (laughs) someone, shirt. here we go. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get dolled up, you put, put on your best shirt, you, you know, putting your best foot forward. Are you like that a hundred percent of the time? No, (laughs) but you don't want to like put your, you want to put your best foot forward when you're first meeting someone. And, with music, sometimes it's like that, where if someone who's never heard of you and doesn't care about your music, doesn't care about you as an artist, you want to meet them where, with where, what they're, they, at. where they're at and mm-hmm. what they like. And if you can say, hey, like, I can make something you like, but here, check out this as well. Like, uh, I also like this slower song or this more ballad. You know, you need to kind of lead them by the hand a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And so that whole concept of selling out, it's, it's more... Um, I think selling out is when you don't feel right doing something yes like when it feels gross or when it you know obviously when you're playing music in a christian metal band you're enjoying yourself you're having Mm. a good time you're you know whether or not it's your dream i mean even being constricted by being in a duo you know you're constricted to the songs we've written Mm -hmm. are there other songs that i've written that i'd love to sing that are funky and jazzy and yeah but at least i'm still enjoying the songs that i am singing Mm-hmm. I think you'll, when it feels like selling out, it will be very obvious. Yeah. That's different than like making a living so that you can do what you want to do and create what you want to create. Absolutely. And to, to branch off that, I guess opportunities and, and things that come outside of your immediate spectrum. Somewhat recently, I just learned from Whaley, he told me, you want a freaking Juno? Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Not but, for leaving Thomas, unfortunately, but that's Well, okay. not yet. Not, not yet. yet. That's right. Very, not very yet. soon. <laughs> and this is what's great. Now I can say that I've had a Juno, Juno. Award winner yes. <laughs> on Above the Mug. And this is only, this will be episode number five. Oh my goodness. Well, there you go. You're, You're on doing a pretty, well. Yeah. Pretty good track hell. record. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's really cool. So maybe you can talk about a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the Juno was with Brett Kissel's, uh, he won Country Album of the Year, which I was a producer and mixer on. Um, 
And he he's also a great example of someone who like he makes he loves making music, but he also knows like what that people want entertainment. entertainment. Like he's a great he's entertainer. Such a great stage. entertainer. He really knows how to put on an amazing show mm-hmm. and make people feel like they're having a great time. Um so yeah, it was really it was a pleasure and a you know an honor to work on that record. And um I've kind of been involved with their their camp and their team for the past few years in various forms. I, I w- went on a short tour with him as a drummer, actually. And um, the uh, bass player and musical director is one of my best friends, Justin Cutting. Cool. And Who's your co-producer as well. Yeah, he, we pr- co-produce stuff together all the time. And... Um, yeah, just, it was a, yeah. It's very cool. You get to do so many different projects as a producer. Like, I think we're always in our world of leaving Thomas, but sometimes I forget you work on so many different projects ranging from, you do jazz records, you just did a musical theater, um, you know, mixing project. You do stuff with, um, like, complete pop. Yeah. So I think R&B. what makes you a great producer, too, is having all that breadth of experience. Just, like... For me, I worked on cruise ships for four years as a piano bar entertainer, like playing, you know, all right, everyone, this is the 50s night and playing, you know, everything from, or like 70s, I'm doing Elton John, I'm doing Billy Joel, Carole King. Like, do I love playing, um, you know, Elton John, like playing Crocodile Rock, you know, every (laughs) single, no, not necessarily, but it gave me as a writer and as a player, those were like my 10,000 hours. So like- People yeah. underestimate that. I think also not, I mean, I think I am a millennial technically. I don't right. know if I am, but this millennial attitude about being an artist or being in business or all these sorts of things is that people just don't expect to put in the time doing things that they don't enjoy doing. Like I played yeah. for four hours a night on a floating ship, entertaining people that would yell out requests at me, right? And you're like, I mean, they're rude. They're mm-hmm. not tipping me. Sweet and I have Caroline. to be there. Oh, I did Sweet Caroline almost <laughs> on a daily basis, you know? Um, Brown Eyed Girl. They're all these songs that I, I basically, though, had to get good on my feet and I had to get good at entertaining. Mm-hmm. And one of the comments, I, or what I feel is one of my competitive advantages as a performer is the entertainment value. Like so many artists don't get enough practice on stage that they're really good songs and they're good at singing, but they don't know how to draw in a crowd. And so when people compliment me on that, I always say it's because I had to do it for four years Mm -hmm. in an environment where you really had to work to get people's attention. Yeah, I was going to say that that whole concept of like, nothing comes easier. There's no free lunch. Nothing comes for free. Um, I mean, that's... Title of our album. Title of the album. Because paying homage to that idea but like it's same with production like for, yeah okay i wanted you know what that record but i've worked on a thousand other records that yeah. didn't but and it doesn't mean that those records aren't as good as the juno record or um you know some of these artists are incredible artists that maybe don't get the recognition but as a producer you also you can't just be like oh i'm only going to work on juno records or i'm only going to mm-hmm. do the the very music i love you kind of have to work on all these records that, yeah, maybe it's not your favorite style of music or it's not your favorite project, but you're still going to do the best job you can and put in that hard work because at the end of the day, like that's when you get to that, whatever that point, people don't see all that hard work that was mm-hmm. put in where I spent, you know, 10 years working in the studio for 12 to 16 hours almost every day. And uh, are you done? No, no, <laughs> right? no, no. I'm like, I feel like I'm just getting started. I'm just. Well, I, uh, to that, I was also just going to say like, People like, yes, you want a Juno, which is amazing and great, but also what people think is success in the artistic world is actually crazy. Like, I consider we we lived in Nashville for two months last year thinking 
maybe we're going to make the move because there's kind of this misconception. You have to go to Nashville. You have to go to Nashville to be a successful writer and artist. And we got down there and after two months, we I mean, we came back, we bought a house in Calgary. We were 100% sure we wanted to stay in Canada. Yeah. For me... Canada is amazing. Yeah, like as, a, as an artist, it is success that... I don't have to go on the road for four months a year to make a living because mm. Canada has festivals where we can, you know, do 10 to 15 shows a year and be good. Um, the grants we have in Canada are amazing. So I can. Consi- yeah. yeah. I consider it a success if we can fund a record. Like, we we basically were able to fund our entire record because of a, a competition that we did that's based on Alberta uh, grants. Mm-hmm. And, and to me success is being able to be a performer while having a regular life. Some people see, well, it's only, you're only successful as an artist if you win certain awards or if you're playing stadiums. And I think once you let go of that, and everyone has a different idea of Of success, but I feel like if it all ended tomorrow, you know, I feel like even the fact that, you know, we did a show yesterday and people are singing the songs they're mouthing along the lyrics to songs that we've written is insane. Yeah. Were there 40,000 of them doing that? No, there were like four, but you're like, <laughs> doesn't matter. This is so exciting. And the fact that we live in a world where you can put your own music out there and someone in Taiwan can listen to it is amazing. Yeah. So I think also people need to think about what is success to them. And for me, it's changed drastically. 10 years ago, I wanted to be, you know, the next Carrie Underwood. And now I think I do, I do not want that at all. Yeah, and that, and the thing is the goal, post can change, right? As you develop as a human being, you figure out exactly what it is that you want. And then those things change with circumstance, you know, I, and, and another thing you mentioned was about, are we going to Nashville or not? It's 2019. Bieber was discovered in Stratford. He didn't even leave his house. You know what I'm saying? He was playing a, a, a gig somewhere near his hometown and someone saw the video and passed it along. And now he's this international superstar. Um, we could talk to Bieber and I'm sure there's a lot of stuff he doesn't like about the business and a lot of pressures as a young person. But at the end of the day, I mean, that happens without even having to leave your house these days. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we're, we're in a city of 50,000 people, got two mics some lights and a camera and we're doing something that benefits both of us or like both parties. Right. And, And it's fun. Something that just, it doesn't have to be, expensive or extravagant. It's just something you work on, right? Like when I was researching how I was going to get this started, this podcast, every single successful podcast I listened to said it was like their 96th or their 112th episode that someone picked it up. And then people are binge watching from the beginning on. And now these episodes that were getting 50, 60 likes or listens are now at tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, right? That comes into the hard work too. Mm -hmm. If you only, if you expect that you're going to be a huge success after five episodes, and then if it's not, you give up like, well, you're never going to get there. It's the people who, you know, roll up their sleeves with some elbow grease. And yeah, after the imagine doing 112 episodes and no one's really listening or, you you know, that would be a little disheartening. But you keep going anyway and you put mm-hmm. that hard work in and that's when stuff starts to happen. And I feel like in music or the arts, that's the people who really end up. Um, sticking around are the people who do it for the right reasons and who love it and are passionate about music and they're not trying to become just d- doing it to become famous or trying to get rich or whatever. You're doing it because you love what you're doing and you love the process. Mm-hmm. And also I feel though like that's a great way to determine success is how long can you stick around? Because so many people, you also learn being in this business, there are some things that are just luck. Like you can yeah. be working really hard and you can be really talented and certain hoops you just are not going to be able to jump through because someone with power 
and, you know, influence isn't working with you for whatever reason. I mm. mean, we've heard so many different situations like that and we've been in it that eventually you start saying, it's not about, this is like the opposite of an inspirational, motivational <laughs> speech. But I remember Beyonce saying um, on the Ellen show, you know, if you just work hard, you can achieve anything. That in certain industries is just simply not true. But also but, strategically, right? Yes, you can work really hard and achieve success, but there are certain things that you just learn. The system is out of your control. And so it also, to have one very specific thing in mind that if you don't get it, you don't consider yourself a success is I think gonna be extremely disheartening very quickly. Instead, I always think each like cruise ship chapter, great four years of my life. And then you move on and do something else. Everything builds on each other. And I want to be, remember I said, I think like last week, I want to be making music now that I want to sing when I'm 40 and yep. feel great about it instead of kind of trying to do whatever's hot and what's, you know, going to work because you don't have control over it anyway. And that comes back to like, you got to love the process. Yeah. And I think with, with passions, that's, people are usually successful when they're following their passions and really working on it because that's what gets you through those hard times or when things suck or when it's, you know, you don't want to be doing it. The fact that you love what you're doing will push you through those moments. I think actually Steve Jobs said something about that where like he, you'd have to be crazy to, to follow these, some, some of the these things because it doesn't make sense. But the people who are successful at it is because they just love it so much anyway, they you roll up their sleeves and do the hard work even when you don't feel like it or even when you don't want to. I, I think that's the perfect way to wrap this up. We blasted through these minutes so quickly. <laughs> and just a quick little last ditty here, Schwarzenegger, right? Yes. This is a dude who was a professional bodybuilder and then decided to be a movie star. There was a language barrier and the accent and then becomes a governor. And now he's an activist. Like, yeah. so he could have stopped at bodybuilding and be set for life, yeah. right? All of these things, you know, all of these different passions and hobbies and aspirations all build on each other. And so it's okay if you have conflicting passions because it, it, it isn't. You yes. think it is, but it isn't. Yeah. I mean, literally, I wanted to drink coffee and talk to people. Yeah. So I opened a cafe. And because of that, I met so many amazing people and I started getting into community work. And from that, then I ran for council. And now I'm a freaking politician. I love and it. <laughs> like, why? Yeah. yeah. I, I never... Like, we've been open for almost four years now, four, four years next month. If you asked me four years ago, are you going to be a politician? I'd be like, ew, no. no. Yeah. I would have said, ew first. Ew, yeah, no. Ew. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's amazing to have people on like yourselves that are uh, like-minded, hungry, driven. Mm -hmm. You're hustlers, you know? And that's, that's one thing that I think people uh, can really benefit from is just following people doesn't matter if it's the same passion you just have to follow passionate people and you yeah. will yes. just follow that and, and you'll find something so um is there anything that you guys have coming up big shows you're releasing some music we just released our album in at the end of may so yeah, it is kind of still yeah. hot off the presses so go to spotify it's called nothing or, comes or for apple free music. or apple music it's um leaving thomas and we are we are done shows in Ontario for the summer, but we're out in BC, we're in Alberta, and um, then uh, the next big thing is CCMAs come up in September. So great. we're not really releasing music right now because we just released a whole whack of songs. So well, check those out. Check yeah. those out. And um, what is if you have a local radio station, mm -hmm. uh, call in to your country station and request Leaving Thomas, I Want to Be It All. That's our current radio single. And that 
is very possible, and I will do it because literally like seven, eight minutes from here is uh, Country 89, which is local. They're awesome. Yes. They're friends, so I'll be uh, be making a phone call. That'd be amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. We have Spencer and Annika Cheen of Leaving Thomas. We have a Juno Award winner in this office. (laughs) We have two pro musicians. One of them is a freaking cruise ship (laughs) We all have different journeys, don't we, that have led us here. No, and, and this is amazing. So thank you very much for joining us. You guys are listening to Above the Mug. I'm Lucas Spinoza, and I will see you guys next week.